Welcome back in the Morning Drive, ESPN 102.5 The Game. Good to have you in live here on a football Friday as we are out at Kitchen Notes inside of the Omni Nashville Hotel this morning. Nick Braden, D-Mace, Marquise, the biscuits, the breakfast, all the good vibes are flowing right now. You know what? What's up? I'm looking forward to the weekend. Me too. I, I feel like I want to sleep uh, for the extended period of time. Like Rip Van Winkle. Just sleep for years and years and years. <laughs> hey, you sleep when you're dead, man. Exactly. Uh, our buddy Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com, will join us coming up in just a moment as we'll get you set for all the weekend games against the spread. Uh, and actually, we have Lee right now. Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com. Lee, happy Friday. Coming off of a 4 and one week on our show last Friday. How are you? Can't complain. A lot better than people right now in Kansas City. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah, yeah, I'm curious. I, I, I don't think I've ever seen an injury like that on a quarterback sneak, ever. Yeah. I mean, Tom Brady's been doing it for 20 years. And that yeah, got hurt. And hasn't, like four and hasn't yards, hurt. Four yards a quarterback sneak, too. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so let's start off with some of the games yeah. that our audience cares about. You crushed it yeah. last week, 4-1 and one against the spread on this show. Uh, we begin in Vanderbilt where Missouri's a 21-point road favorite, a team that's been rolling since that early upset in Laramie, Wyoming. What do you make of this game? Yeah, we're, we're going to look back and say, how did that happen? <laughs> a crazy result and... and it's not like uh, Wyoming has, has been any great shake since here. So this Missouri team can run the football. And when you watch Vanderbilt, I mean, <laughs> they lost 34-10 to last week to UNLV. And it wasn't a fluke. They were outgained by over 70 yards in that game. Both of their quarterbacks, Riley Neal and Deuce Wallace, uh, just uninspiring I think Vanderbilt head coach Derek Mason looks like he's done. They're also, how about this, on an 0-7 against the spread, run as a home underdog. So not even keeping games close. Now, a little bit, the, the, the Missouri win last week tempered a little bit by the loss of Kel Garrett. Huge uh, loss at linebacker. I think he's their best player on defense. But Missouri just too much, too much speed. And uh, Vanderbilt can't score 41-13. So you're not uh, saying you're not saying the wrong team's favorite here? No, not in this. <laughs> I just want to double check. <laughs> now, uh, does does um, UT cover or Alabama cover? I mean, it's a 34 point spread. Um, I sort of see this like I saw the um, LSU and um, Vandy game some weeks ago, where LSU put up 72 points. Um, is that a possibility um, with Alabama, where they put up? you know, more than 50 points against UT? I think so. I don't think they're going to score more than 60. You know, mm-hmm. here's what's going on. A lot of these Alabama games, it, it just, you know, they're decided like the New England games in the NFL. When does the head coach take out, you know, when does he call off the dog? So, mm-hmm. you know, and then you might need a stand. You know, look at the LSU-Florida game. They needed a goal, goal line stand to cover that game. How many people bet that game? I mean, that was the most bet game in college football. It comes right down to the end. So 12 straight for Bama here versus Tennessee. Nick usually batters his former assistants. Here's the problem for Tennessee, and, and they are improved a little bit, maybe a couple points against the spread. Their freshman quarterback, he's going to have trouble with those type of schemes. What happens when you face Alabama, and it took me about one time four hours to figure out most of their defenses, 
you think you see one defense, and then the play starts, and it's completely different. And unless a quarterback is seasoned in reading defenses, they have problems. So that he could end up throwing two, three, four interceptions here. And the Vols just nine and eighteen against the spread in SEC games. Bama they cover fifty-five seventeen. Um, both LSU and Florida, huge emotional game last week in Baton Rouge. Um, obviously going to be really interesting games this weekend for both of them. What do you make of LSU on the road against Mississippi State, a reeling Mississippi State team? Yeah, Joe Moorhead, uh, he seems to be on the hot seat right now. You know, he benched Tommy Stevens a couple times for Garrett Schrader. Neither is, 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 is very good or, or the option or appealing. They've thrown eight touchdowns and six interceptions, way too much. And uh, their defense, they've only played one decent offense, Auburn. They gave up 56 points. Um, they could really get exposed here. Joe Burrow, how about this? He's thrown 25 touchdowns and just three interceptions. And you talk about we're, we're past the midseason point. I've never seen this before in a college quarterback. He's completed a mind-numbing 80 percent of his passes and he's not a dump off passer i like lsu 45 21 lee sterling ParamountSports.com joins us each and every friday here <laughs> on morning drive uh we make the transition to sunday the indianapolis colts the houston texans afc south showdown certainly two teams that the tennessee titans fan base will be keeping an eye on the colts a slim one point favorite at home over houston what do you make of this number yeah, first time Houston has had a chance to face Indy since uh, the Colts knocked them out of the playoffs in the wild card last January, which would end up being Andrew Luck's, believe it or not, last win as an NFL quarterback. Houston has dropped, though, just one spread decision in its last nine away. There's a lot of teams in the NFL, uh, they just play better on the road. They're 7-1-1 one, and one against the spread here. I-, I don't think Indianapolis has the DBs to cover uh, this Houston wide receiving core and uh, Texans and the Patriots, the only AFC teams without an AFC loss this season. I think Houston gets it done. I think in a high-scoring game, I think they're going to win this game 37-30. Lee, final game, uh, the Titans and the Chargers, Tennessee, a two-point favorite over L.A. We are certainly uh, emotionally invested in this one. What do you make of this number? Here's the good news. The good news are making a change at quarterback. I think a change is needed maybe for the short term. I don't know for the long term. The bad news, it's Ryan Tannehill. So I know him pretty well, <laughs> and he's fool's gold. <laughs> he can have some moments or even have a game where he plays well. He has. Here's the problem. He has no pocket presence at all. He has no feel for the rush. So, you know, he... There's something that sometimes you can't teach. I don't know whether it's he did. You know, he played receiver in college. He didn't play enough uh, quarterback growing up, or the right quarterback coaches just doesn't have that feel. And you know, he'll make mm-hmm. that key mistake. And uh, I, I'm just not a Ryan, not a Ryan Tannehill fan here. Three turnovers last week for the Chargers did the men versus the Steelers. Steelers usually just take control of the Chargers. They dominate them physically here. And uh, here's the problem also. uh, L.A., they play great on the road. One of these teams, it just doesn't do it at home, but on the road. They're 8-1 the last nine uh, as a regular season visitor outside L.A. And uh, Tennessee allowed seven more sacks last week. And L.A. has some 
really top-end pass rushers, I think that's the difference. I think Ryan Tannehill will go down four or five times unless something happens, unless there's a special team score or something strange, a, a trick play works. I like L.A. here, 27-24. Now your game of the week, Florida, South Carolina, um, you know, it's a five-point game, five point spread. Um, do you think it's this close because of, um, the upset against Georgia because Flo- even though Florida lost last week, they played a really good game. They did. I mean, they had a lead at one point, twenty-eight, twenty-one, and uh, they were rolling. It looked like uh, you know <laughs> this was going to be at mm-hmm. least a one-score game, but uh, didn't happen that way. So we're going to find out as they look to, to you know they can they could win out and get to the college football semifinals. So uh, it's going to come down to this game in Georgia for them to win their side. And South Carolina off uh, maybe one of the biggest wins ever in their program. Great game to watch, Florida and South Carolina. You call right now, first 10 callers. We'll give you Florida and South Carolina on me. Just call 800-400-9741. Again, the number, 800-400-9741. And how about this, guys? Brand-new promotion. It's called the Autumn Annihilator. Twelve games ah. combined Saturday and Sunday. Just $100. And if I don't have a winning record, I think I'm going to go ten and two, nine and three, or better. If I don't go seven and five, if I don't have a winning record, you'll get the rest of October free on my executive phone service. So, Autumn Annihilator, twelve games, and it's an instant download. You don't have to call back on Saturday or Sunday to get the games. They're ready to go as soon as you purchase them. A window pops open with all twelve games and have some real games. Some of these lines are off by one or two touchdowns. Never had so many games in one weekend. Autumn Annihilator, 100 bucks. How do you get it? Just go to ParamountSports.com or call 800-400-9741. Lee, always a pleasure. Best of luck this weekend, and we will chat again next Friday. Thanks, guys. You got it. Lee Sterling, so, ParamountSports.com. Autumn Annihilator. I mean, guys. Where did he come up with these names? Uh, obviously, we don't like to brag a lot on this show. It's not our style. Yeah. No, but we're going to do it right now. Because normally we don't have lots to brag about. But <laughs> we, as a show, did go 11-3 and three last week against the spread. Yeah. The three of us went 11-3 and three against the spread. Mm-hmm. Three just best saying, friends that anyone I'm just saying, have. if you want to tune in at 930, you also will get some guaranteed winners. By the way, I lo- I, that Florida-South Carolina game is fascinating to me. Oh, yeah, that um, could be uh, in the picks coming up. Imagine, yeah. imagine what Florida's had to do the last two weeks emotionally to get up for undefeated Auburn at home, biggest game mm-hmm. in the swamp in a long time, to get up and play against LSU on the road like that. You, you certainly did not expect to have to go to South Carolina and get up for that game. But now, now you have now to. Now South Carolina's defensive line is playing great football, and they're, they're confident. You're going to have to – Mullen's – Mullen's gonna. Here's Mullen's sales pitch. Give me one more week, boys. Uh-huh. Give me one more week because then we got a bye week and then we play Georgia. But I, but I need one more emotional, you know, get up for me. Uh-huh. And uh, so I'm I'm really curious to see what happens in that South Carolina Florida game. That's really interesting stuff. If you thought Lee's guarantee was pretty good, how about this? If Morning Drive does not go seventy five percent or better this week at nine thirty uh-huh. against the spread. We will give you not only the NBA quadruple Christmas Day triple header for free, we'll give you the NHL Winter Classic absolutely free on the message what, phone. What oh. number can they call? 800-GAMBLER. What about NBA versus China? What's the line right now on NBA versus China? Uh, I'm going to say China's minus 27 and a half. Yeah, they're pretty strong. Yeah. 
China is pretty strong. Yeah, they don't exactly. lose. They don't lose to Goodness. American corporations very often. <laughs> y'all, are, y'all, y'all are bad. Y'all are bad. Pretty Stop much. it. I'm just telling the truth. Hey, I speak the truth, D Mace. No, I'm not saying you're not. It That's is right. what it is, bro. Right. We don't fabricate on this show. No. Never fabricate on this show. We don't placate to anybody. No, never. Uh, Fearless broadcaster. There might too. be a little bit of placation occasionally, yeah. but 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 all honesty though. Exactly. We're not state media. Yeah, that is true. Stick to sports coming up at 845. We will come back and get back into the Predators last night. Their uh, defeat against the Coyotes. Terry Crisp at 830. And also the big story in the NFL last night as well. Patrick Mahomes out indefinitely. We're back after this on Morning Drive. And welcome back into Morning Drive. ESPN 1025 The Game. That is how it sounded last night here on 1025 The Game in the Predators Radio Network. The Coyotes. Defeat the Nashville Predators 5-2, to two, and we look at this team now. Seven games in, four up, three down, two goals from Phil Kessel for the Coyotes last night, a goal from Fabro and Benino, but a couple of things uh, that stood out, and I think most notably, you know, it's only seven games, so we're only like halfway towards establishing trends, but so far, Pecorine is between the pipes, the Preds win. UC Soros is between the pipes, the Preds lose. Yeah, and, uh, you know, you still have faith in UC Soros that, you know, over the course of the season, everything can start to balance back out. Um, because these are these are the same problems that, you know, that they're having when, when Pekka's in the net. Um, and, you know, Lobby, Lobby even said it. Like, listen, there could have been more goals. Um, so they got to do a better job up front at protecting whoever is in the goal. Now, because Pecorine is so superior that he hasn't he can stop some of those goals um uh, that 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 might go in with anyone else. Um he has that innate ability to, to just play at such a level each and every night when he's inside between the pipes. Um Soros is not quite at Pekka's level, but Soros is still a damn good goalie. And um, if they want Soros to get back on the road, because it seems like right now what the Preds are doing, what, every two or three games, they're starting UC Soros. Um, so the guys up front, they, you know this. So you got to help UC out more than what you are doing now. Um, because he, he's, he's a good goalie. Here, here's the difference so far. Pecorine 4-0, save percentage just under 91%, a two seven five goals against. UC Soros 0 and 3, a save percentage of only 85.3% of goals against at 4.75. So a two goal per game difference between the goaltenders. Yeah, and it's just a team that, for whatever reason, they have. We we talked about it yesterday. That they just struggle against Arizona in that building, especially for for whatever reason. You know, Arizona knocked them out of the playoffs a couple years ago, and 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 even when Arizona has been bad. They still good against they the still struggle. The Preds still struggle when they go out there. So not surprised at all that it took place the way it did. Also, listen, you go on a road trip and it's a long road trip and you're all together and you win the first two. It's easy to see a letdown in the third one for sure because you're coming home after that. So you get two out of three on the road. I, I don't think that's as you know. If you told the Preds they're going to have a two two out of three record on the road the rest of the year, I think you'd take that. Um, but the defense is a question. That, that's. It's not a thing yet because, again, I think you need to go 12, 15 games before you start deciding that a trend is an actual concern. So it's not a concern yet, but they, they need to get better on well, defense. They, they, only, they, they, they only won one. one. Yeah, they, they lost only. in L.A. Oh, yeah. sorry. The only sorry. win was in between. 
They lost to Los yeah, Angeles. I don't know what they I, lost yeah, to I, Arizona, and then they had to one win. That's between. a total brain fart on my on my part. So just there. one and two on the three games. Yeah, so, sorry about that. Um, I guess I guess the. I guess me sitting in the chair with my daughter watching them tie the game in the third period was all I saw. <laughs> I went upstairs and don't remember the rest of it. So, Like, okay. <laughs> my daughter saw them score two goals in the third period to tie the game, and she had a great time. She thought they won. And then she went to bed, and I was like, oh, okay. Crispy will join yeah, us. Yeah, what was I thinking? Sorry about that. No, that's good. I, I wish they would have won two out of yeah, three. Yeah, me too. Uh, Crispy will join us at 8.30. Also, the big news last night in the NFL, Patrick Mahomes goes down, already entered the game, not feeling 100%. I believe it was an ankle issue going into the game Andy Reid goes for a quarterback sneak Patrick Mahomes ends up hurting his knee Chiefs roll it doesn't matter because Denver stinks but Mahomes now out indefinitely I mean Joe Flacco's elite obviously um leave Flacco alone (laughs) man mostly just picking on your friend there uh no I I just you look around the league and it's just been an unbelievable year we we change the rules every year in the NFL Mm -hmm. to make it more and more protective of the quarterback in the passing game and yet this year, we are, we, half of the NFL is already on its backup quarterback. And, and that's insane. Like, and, and some of those are, are, are poor play. Right? Like we know Tannehill's starting as a backup because Mariota's poor play. We know that Daniel Jones is starting because he was the future and Eli wasn't getting the job done. Um, there's been a handful of changes that have been made to the backups because the starter wasn't good enough. Case Keenum was benched because he wasn't good enough. Um, you know, those kinds of things. But but largely, you got Big Ben out for the year. Drew Brees missing huge chunks. These are Hall of Famers. Patrick Mahomes is the reigning MVP, uh-huh. and he's out. I mean, so it's just it's just been a really a mono for professional quarterback. Mono, really? So it's just been a really bizarre year so far at the quarterback position. What does it say, though, that Matt Moore comes in, looks relatively good? You know, we discussed in the beginning of the show, do the Chiefs make a move or not? Mm-hmm. You know, Andy Reid is so good that if Kansas City, let's just say Mahomes is out for six weeks. Uh-huh. I mean, if they go three and three or four and two, they can totally manage this and still be in fine shape because the AFC right now, short of the Patriots and Bills, the whole conference is wide open. I, I, I think what will happen is you'll start to see some separation between between these teams um, in, in, say, a, a little bit under a month, somewhere around November. Um, you start to see some separation between the the teams that are going to make the playoffs and the teams that are not going to make the playoffs. And, you know, I, I think Andy Reid, um, you know, he would want, obviously he would want Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback right now, but I think he believes so much so in his system and how he puts things together that he can put more. Because Moore's played, he's played a lot of football in this league. He's been a starter. Uh, he's played some some good games, and obviously he plays some bad games. That's why he is considered a backup. But I think he plays well enough. Um, he's good enough that if, when inserted in Andy Reid's system, he becomes a little bit better. And if 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 I'm a head coach or anybody, I would love, or if I'm an owner, I would love to. If if my back if my starter goes down, I would love to have Andy Reid as my <laughs> OC. I would to, love to guide the backup. I'd love to have Andy Reid as my OC with my starting quarterback as playing. Yeah, oh, of course, <laughs> like, absolutely. <laughs> um, they play Green Bay, Minnesota at the Titans here, and then at the Chargers over the next four. It's tough, it, that's it, tough. It, it, tough defensive teams. All four of those teams, good defensive teams. Um, so I think it depends on how it, you know how how hurt is he. If it's a three or four week thing, all right. If you can get to the bye week and maybe go two and two in that stretch, well, you're sitting there at seven and four. You go into the bye. Mahomes is coming back. You're feeling pretty good about it. 
if it's going to be an eight-week thing and he's out until maybe the last two or three weeks of the season, and there's a chance that you could go, you know, two and four in a six-game stretch or three and five or whatever, like who knows what the number may be. If all of a sudden you're, you're sitting there at seven and seven when he comes back, it's a very different conversation. So I think it's all about how serious the injury is. If it's not that serious, you ride with Matt Moore for a couple of games. You try to get to the bye week, and you try to come back healthy for the final stretch. If he's going to be out for any longer period of time, I wouldn't be surprised if you look somewhere else. But to y'all's point, I think you know you feel Andy Reid feels comfortable with whoever. Matt Moore wasn't exactly spectacular. I think he was what ten of nineteen last night mm-hmm. throwing the football. They got a big lead and just sort of sat on it. And the defense actually helped him out for the first time all year. So it, it, it does open up the AFC though for a couple extra games. It means for a month now we've got the Patriots and everybody else. Six one five seven three seven one zero two five. The number. So now fourteen out of thirty two NFL franchises this season have had to use a second quarterback at some point in the season. And when you looked at the Titans' schedule at the beginning of the year, there were so many home games that stood out as completely appealing: Chargers, Chiefs, Saints, Colts, Texans. We didn't see Andrew Luck because of retirement. We will see Drew Brees. He'll be back from the injury at some point. Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, but well, he, if he's upright, I guess. If he's upright, but like it's just so it's so infuriating because I thought Titans Chargers would be this really compelling game, two AFC playoff contenders, and yeah. now in a couple of weeks we might get uh, Matt Moore against Ryan Tannehill when the Chiefs come to town. Right. I, I still think this week is very compelling. Uh, Philip Rivers and the Chargers are still a, they're better than two and four. I still will contend that the Titans are better than two and four. I think they're a better football team than that. So we'll see what happens. I mean, you are what you re- at the end of the day though. You are what your record says you are. So um, it, it doesn't matter what we think. What matters is what happens on the field. Stick to sports coming up at eight forty-five. But up next, we will talk Preds with our pal. He makes his first weekly appearance of the season. Terry Crisp next on Morning Drive. Back in here on a Friday edition of Morning Drive, ESPN 102.5 The Game. Good to have you in. Live from Kitchen Notes, the Omni Nashville Hotel. Stick to sports coming up at 845. But right now it is the debut of our pal Terry Crisp. Makes his weekly appearance here on Morning Drive. And he's brought to you by the Highland Group. Crispy, happy Friday. How's the coffee? How you doing? Uh, i got to tell you, guys, I just was talking with the munchies on the phone. I should have learned a long time ago. What you don't do is you don't watch the game the night before, take your notes, get up in the morning, start reading your notes, and intend to enjoy your coffee because it just doesn't work. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> so, all right, well, let's get to the, the coffee either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's get to the notes then. And um, certainly UC Saros is not off to the start of the year that he's having. Pekka is having a great start to the year, but the numbers statistically are still not necessarily great. Is it defense? Is it goaltending? Is it the the, high, the the greater focus on offense? What are you seeing from this team that is telling you, hey, this is why this team is giving up so many goals? It's not goaltending. To me, it's absolutely – and if you listened last night to the games, and the, and the best thing is if you listened to the coaches' interviews last night, and they said, like, when they had the coaches on, the coaches were, we're not, we weren't ready to play, we're not ready to do battle, we must compete harder. And then you go down to the other one of the coaches that says, well, we were out – skated, we were outshot and outworked. They outbattled us and they go on on down and down. So it, and if you look at the how the game uh, rolled out last night, you cannot blame the goaltending. Take the goaltending out of the factor. Saro saved their bacon in the second and third period. It would have been humiliating with the saves. And I don't know who does the uh the stats, but I'd like to know how many uh odd man rushes the Phoenix Arizona team created against us and Saros had to bail us out 
over our game. I just think that our whole game last night was how, how we can play like we did in Vegas, turn around and go into Phoenix and play the game we played. That's what gives coaches gray hair and ulcers. And let's leave the goaltending. Don't be picking on them. Let's look for the guys' breakouts in our own end that non-existent, passes that didn't connect, passes we couldn't receive, plays that we didn't finish. Um, let's go back to the basics instead of looking for the one area. Um, I think it's when we, were, when we were playing, and I have this theory, to call the three musketeers. You know, you watch the movies, all for one and one for all. Well, my theory is this, is that the guy who has the puck, it's the other four guys' job to get loose for him and to get open so he can give them the puck on a breakout, through the neutral zone, on the attack. You can't just head down ice and wave and say, I'm down here somewhere, find me with the puck. It doesn't work anymore in our game. Crispy, do you feel like defensively this team is missing P.K. Subban at this point of the time? No, no. I mean, I, I like P.K. He did his job properly. But it's a combination of, of everything when you look at it. And, and uh, I think the biggest thing is that teams now are re- realizing that the, the best way and the one way they're going to beat us because we're a fast team when we play our game uh, is that to get on us early. And that's what they're doing. They're coming at us in waves. And I think what we have to adjust too quickly is the fact that when the puck's in our zone, we don't have a lot of time. So that means that our defensemen have got to get back faster, get turned around up ice quicker, and decide and make their play. But having said that, they need some help from the forwards to come back in um, and introduce themselves to the defensemen, introduce themselves to coming below our blue line, and don't leave home without it. Until that, If you watch the other teams, nobody leaves their zone until they have full control and they're coming out. And that's one of the areas I think that our coaching staff have stressed that our defensive play has got to get stronger and better. Crispy, going into last night's game, 28 goals in six games, a franchise record. They only get two last night, and I thought offensively in the first period it was a little sluggish. They only had three shots on goal in the first 20 minutes. But by and large, this offense looks tremendous this year. What do you attribute that to? Because really the only new addition is Matt Duchesne, yet lines one through four, excluding last night, they've been on point. Well, Matt Duchesne was a huge, huge part of that. You just mentioned it. Given us Duchesne, we get now two lines that Coach Lab can put out there, and they're an offensive line. And the teams now have to worry about a Duchesne line, a Johansson line offensively. But the good part is, the rest of the guys are all starting to kick in and know they can play. When you go over the rest of the crew that can play out there, you've got Benino, you've got Sissons, you've got Smitty, you've got Turris, uh, you've got uh, the youngster, uh, Grimaldi, and guys like that. They're all capable of playing. They're good players out there. So I just think it's depth. Our depth is starting to show now offensively. The biggest thing is now our defense has got to start to kick in and join them. Uh, Crispy, what have you seen from uh, Kyle Turris, Dante Fabro, some of these pieces that we were really, really going to be scrutinizing early in the year? I know it's only you know seven games. There's still a lot of hockey left. Just sort of what have you seen from them, and, and what, what are they bringing to the table right now that's maybe, in Kyle Turris's ta- case, different than previously, and then in Dante Fabro's case, out of a very young player we haven't really seen yet? Yeah, Kyle Turris is tired of being the, the whipping boy. He's tired of saying he didn't do this and that. Tired of saying a bad year, blah, blah. He said, you know what, guys, I can play in this league. I've been here before, and I can do it. And this year he's proving it right off the bat. When he goes out there, and his unit last night was dangerous. They were all over the ice, you're playing. And when you, and they, when you notice when Coach Labs is not afraid to mix them around and Torres gets a chance with some other guys, 
He also is producing. So I think with, with Kyle Pierce right now, it's just a point of pride. He's playing hard. And he's playing the way he's capable of playing, and, and that's a good sign for us. Young Fabro is still a young defenseman. He's going to be a dandy. He's going to be a beaut. But I think like all uh, young defensemen that come in the NHL, the biggest thing, they got the shot. They can skate. They can probably be tough. The biggest thing they have to learn is that it's a faster pace game up here. When you get the puck, they're on you. You don't have time to dipsy-doodle. You don't have the time to think three or four plays. When you're going back to get that puck and looking around, it's like baseball. If they hit the, ba- the ball to me, what am I going to do with the ball? Same in hockey. If I get the puck, what am I going to do? I'm going to skate with it. Am I going to pass it or am I going to shoot it? And young Fabro now I think is learning the fact that it's, they're faster on him. And once he picks up the pace or learns the pace of the game, he's going to be a dandy. Crispy, what is it about certain teams and certain venues that always provide a challenge? I mean, take us back to when you were in the league, when you were coaching. You know, you look at this Arizona team, and they're, they're, that arena was almost half empty last night. It's not an overly loud place. Arizona's not a really great team by any stretch. Yet this team seems to struggle when they go to Arizona. Uh, put your coaching hat on, whatever hat you want to put on. Why does that type of thing exist? You know what? I, if, if I had a give you a good answer to that and a solid answer, I'd probably still be coaching and would have been fired three times. It drives coaches <laughs> crazy, honest to God. When I was coaching uh, in Tampa Bay Lightning, I was the original coach down there. We were in our formative years, and we didn't win a lot of games. But we had one team we could beat most of the times, and it was the New York Rangers. For some reason, we had their number. Not a lot of other teams, but theirs. It's just something that works out. You, you warn your team about it. You tell them about it. You even talk about it, which sometimes you don't want to do. And yet there's no rhyme or reason as to why it happens. And you're right. That one year they had took us right to the wire in the playoffs. Crispy, good stuff as always. We appreciate the Friday visits, and we will reconvene next week. Thank you. Hey, my pleasure, guys. And we'll see everybody at the rink. And Preds are still number one. Roll Preds. There you go. Terry Crisp, good stuff as always. Terry Crisp, of course, brought to you by the Highland Group. Did he say go Preds or roll Preds? Uh, I think he said go. I think he said go Preds. I think you got some Alabama, Alabama stuck yeah. in your ears. Yeah, I'm not even yeah, that Alabama, much of a Alabama fandom is coming out, yeah. Nick. It's okay. Don't worry about it. It's no, right, it's man. not a fandom thing. I just thought I heard yeah. him say roll Preds. No. Which, you know, maybe it could be a new thing. We could start here. No. I just noticed not, that no? your computer is crimson. It's not really crimson. It's just red. No, that's like a Alabama crimson it's color. It's pretty crimsony. Yeah, exactly. It does not already. But you know what I love? This is one of the things that I like, just totally off subject, but sort of similar to what you're talking about, mm-hmm. Derek. You see a car driving on the road, and and it's one thing if you have like a sticker. No, you know we used to uh-huh. we gave we gave uh, Chase a little hard time for having like three Pred stickers on his car. <laughs> like once you get to one sticker, you can only have one sticker per team on your car. Yes. But here's my favorite one though is when you see a, a car with like two or three stickers of the same college team. Uh-huh. And the car has been clearly purchased to match the team color. Yeah. So you'll see like three A's on an, on a car, and it's a crimson truck. Exactly. And you're like, oh, that guy clearly bought that truck because he loves Alabama football. Yeah. Or you'll see. You know, like a like a blue Mustang, and it'll uh-huh. have a Florida Gator logo in the back. And you're like, this guy clearly bought this Mustang. So to, you think to that's match. the computer? He bought that computer because you do have a crimson car too, by the way. Yeah, I have a crimson Acura. Yeah, it's yeah. A true story. It's a good yeah. color. Now you do not have any like giant script A's on there, though. No, I think anything. I think any sticker on a car is a violation. Do you not have, even one. Do you have crimson? Uh, Actually, crimson? I, I, 
Underwear? No. You don't? No, because I wear bathing suits. Okay. What about what about your what about your jammies though? Do you have yeah. do you no. have do you have a onesie? Yeah, no. you got a onesie. It just has Bear Brian and Nick Saban's face on it. <laughs> I did name my dead dog Saban though, as you guys know. Well no, you uh, yeah. didn't name him that after he died, right? No, he no, he was before, before he was okay. dead. And then he died. You're like, I named my dead dog Saban. It's like his posture. When he died, he, he renamed him. <laughs> he was John Parker Wilson while he was alive, then he died, we named him Saban. <laughs> oh my goodness. No, but I'm serious. I think if you put stickers on your car as an adult, total violation, the only acceptable one is if you put like one that says your kid's an honor roll student or whatever. Yeah. Oh, see, I think that one's stupid. Yeah, yeah I can, if, you're, if you're doing it to brag about your child, uh, but like... One yeah, I, don't, I don't care about what class you're school. But like thing. if you put a sticker on the back of your SUV because you go to the Outer Banks in Carolina and well, it says the stupid. OXB yeah. sticker, <laughs> was, so, so I've got a sticker on my truck. Or the 13 point... What is it, 13.2? Well, that just... Okay, fine, you're in great shape. I don't Exactly, care. like you have like, a bunch the, the one of that them. drives me nuts, Salt Life. Uh, the Salt Life one drives me crazy. I <laughs> see cares? Salt Life. Wait, salt Life is supposed to indicate that you like going to the beach. Yeah. Okay, so you're like every other human on the planet. Why do I need to know that you really like going to the beach? Salt Life, y'all. Salt Life. Salt Life. Like, okay, so you like going to the beach. You're really unique. You're, you're so unique you need a sticker. Now, uh, I have a sticker on my truck. It you? used to be a Pred sticker, but then I, that one got... Ruined and washed away from the rain, and it's it's. I've got a sticker on my truck. It's for a local business in my neighborhood where I buy my music. Okay, is that okay? Small, one sticker, one sticker, one sticker. Yeah, one sticker. Are you being paid to do this? No. Oh, that's a violation. It's because I support. <laughs> I support this. 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 It's this just one sticker. That's all. I, Grimey's is my jam. Yeah. I've got the Grimey sticker. Grimey's the, is a national. It's one of the most historic record shops in the southeast. How about the uh, the things that go around the license plate that say the, alumni? The vanity. So -so. The well, vanity I just have plate. my Michigan State or on my car. That's true. You do have that. Yeah, see, I'm my Michigan State. I don't like the one that have color on it. I like the metal one. Like I it says, like University is, of Tennessee, and it'll uh -huh. be like all metal, like mm -hmm. all pewter or whatever. It doesn't have any color to it. I like that one. Cool. Good stuff. Yeah, good good story. Salt yeah, Life, y'all. Three thirteen point two, y'all. Salt Life. Is it 13.2? It's 13.1, 26.2? Yeah. I think it's 13.1. Yeah. 13.1, y'all. Yeah. I'm going to put one on there that's like 1.0. <laughs> I run a mile a day. What? Get at me. Mile life, y'all. <laughs> you can tell it's I, a Friday. I, I barely work out, guys, and I'm advertising it. <laughs> Come at me, bro. Stick to sports. Uh, Coming up next. It is morning drive. Oh, I want to dance with somebody. We just want to talk sports with somebody. I want to feel the heat with somebody. You're going to get the heat. Yeah, I want to dance with somebody. Monday through Friday. With somebody I miss you already. who loves me. 6 to 10 a.m. Bye-bye. See you. Yeah, wow. We're talking about our audience. Yeah. yeah. Waving as they walk. Boys, radio yeah. show. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tell you what, man, the next time we do an upgrade to the Game Nashville Studios, uh -huh. and it includes more windows, you think the attention span on this show is minimal now? You ain't seen nothing yet, bro. Oh, my goodness. It's all life, y'all. Which means, which means we got to move. Exactly. <laughs> that was a 13.1, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, absolutely. Definitely. You guys are idiots. Definitely. Let's uh, stick to sports. Good. The world is a crazy place. Crazy sounding pretty good right now. Let's lighten the mood. After all that seriousness, you're just going to crumble it up and throw it in the trash. Basically. And stick to sports. Now, on Morning Drive. 
All right, D-Mace, I think you know the drill at this point of this career in this show. Uh, Stick to Sports is brought to you by Decorated Den Interior. Stick with the pros at Decorated Den when you're ready to decorate your home, office, or outdoor spaces. Request a complimentary appointment, which is free in this world, at DecoratingDen.com. Number one. What's going on, fellas? How's the Friday going? Uh, you just want to ask us that now? D- what's D- going on, fellas? D Mace is. Well, y'all don't let me ones. talk, so. Yeah. Mar- well, Brayton don't let me talk, especially. D Mace. Mace's shoes. Got them. Those are Jordan ones, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. What color? So it's got a. It's got a purple and gold Lakers swoosh. Uh-huh. It's got a orange and blue top and tongue Knicks color. Uh huh. And then the heel is black and red Bulls. He yeah. has on Lakers, Knicks, Bulls shoes all in one shoe. So you're now, the I'm 90s playoffs what, then, pretty much, is what, what you're dressed like. What year was it or what <laughs> model where they took the Nike swoosh off the Jordan and went just strictly Jumpman logo? Was it like the twos or the threes? Because early on with the ones, you had the swoosh yeah, on. Yeah, the ones had it. The two, It might have been the twos. Because I know the fours didn't. Yeah, Because the, the retro fours they my favorite. The sw- they took off the swoosh. Fours are your favorite? Yeah. The ones is my favorite. Well, the fours the and, the, and the patent how, how did, uh, the eleven, the elevens are the best. The elevens are great too. Yeah, uh, Marquise, your favorite Jordan? Uh that's a that's a tough one. I, I like the I like the retro ones, man, because they that especially various colors of them too. I like the retro ones, man. But I've never seen a pair that has three different teams. Like normally, it looks rock. like one team. This is that's how this, we rock none of these colors hey, go together. That's, that's how we the, uh, it's the All Star Game Edition. Exactly. Yeah, none of those things go together. It's the All Star Game. Told you it's the '92 playoffs or something. I don't know. <laughs> you could probably the Lakers those. versus the Bulls. That was a good game versus the Knicks. Sega Genesis. Yeah, and Lakers Bulls. Versus all Bulls. you need, all you need, is a little bit of like green and gold. little bit of shut up. You need some green and gold in there, and you uh-huh. might have the conference finals from 1994. Exactly. Yeah. Like 93, Bulls, Knicks on one side, Sonics and Lakers on the other side. There we go. You could actually throw those Jordan 1s right now on eBay and probably get a good 400 for them. Yeah, really, though. But I'm not. Those I've never seen any ones like but those. I'm not. Those are unique. Maybe I'll when we walk out of here, uh-huh. when you're not paying attention, I'll club you, <laughs> knock you out, rip your shoes off, and sell them on eBay. They look, they well, look, you already told me what you're gonna do. Those are clown shoes, bro. I like. Well, them. speaking <laughs> of well, speaking of clubbing, we haven't talked about this uh-huh. yet on the show. But how about Miles Garrett, man, getting punched in the face by a fan? Yikes! What while he's in his man? car. Now the fan was supposed to be a fan, quote unquote. I'm using quotation marks here. Went up to the car where Miles Garrett was in. I guess he asked for a picture. When Miles Garrett rolled down his window, he basically just sucker punched Miles Garrett in the face. And Miles Garrett obviously took it with, you know, he just took it in stride because it's Miles Garrett. And how you punch Miles Garrett, though? Well, I mean, it's a sucker move. Uh, he took the picture and then punched him. And Miles Garrett was like, man, dude, you, it was a pillow punch. But see, here's the thing. If Miles Miles Garrett would have been within his right to take whoever that little scoundrel was, <laughs> grab him by the neck, and just throat slammed him on the ground, mm-hmm. and he would have been within his right. No, but sure. then yeah, everybody would have said, well, why that, did man. you do You could have just walked away. Mm-hmm. It's like, seriously? No. It's, it's exactly. Also, it's also okay to teach young people to walk away. No, no. Somebody punched me in my face, I'm body slamming him. That's how I teach my son. Not if I got somebody punching you in the face, you body slam. Not if I got millions of dollars in the bank. No, because you're going to get away. So he hit me first. Clearly, you win in every court. Clearly a sucker punch. But yeah. does that take major stones or major stupidity? 
Both. Because Miles yeah, Garrett both. is like carved out of like a, it's like a Greek god. Yeah, it's both. Both. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't even want to like give him the stink eye because I would run for <laughs> Mar- Marquise. Marquise, how much would it cost for you to walk up to Derek Mason as he's pulling out of the parking lot, roll down, ask him to roll down his window and punch him in the face? Why would I want to punch a head coach and? In- Nashville, man, come on, man. I know he's losing games, man, but why do I, why I got to punch him in the face, Braden? Like, what's wrong with you, man? Oh my goodness, he was he, talking about me. But. He, he made roll your window down. You forgot your Cool Springs MD copy, and then boom. Here's some new talking points. Hey, D-Base, I got some Doritos for you. He rolls down the window. Pow! Oh, you definitely roll. right in his mouth. Well, you I would definitely, definitely roll down, down the window. Windows, yes. Somebody say Doritos. <laughs> hey, who said Doritos? <laughs> Somebody say Doritos. <laughs> Spicy hot Doritos. Mine, okay. mine, 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 mine. Uh, what else you got for us? Number two. All right, in that last segment, we talked a little bit about how much of a bammer Nick is, and so am I, so I'm not going to you know, completely trash my guy over there. Yeah, settle but down there, Kettle. There was an interview in Tuscaloosa interviewing a kid that talked about the Tennessee-Alabama rivalry, and here's what this kid had to say. I'll put it like this. I, I always do respect the SEC, and I appreciate the SEC. I want the SEC to be successful. However, Tennessee... You know, not not much going for them at the moment. Um, not to mention, you know, they're wearing they're wearing the garbage orange, man. That's all they got. They're picking up garbage. They are garbage. Tennessee football equals garbage. But you know, it's a good SEC team. I'm sure they'll get the smackdown on Saturday, and it'll uh, it'll be a good old time. Just fired up that it's finally at night. So you know, garbage men get off early, and uh, you know, come on down. Um, so I'm sure one of these days in two, three hundred years, Tennessee will be pretty good, and uh, it'll be a it'll be a pretty good rivalry. Yeah. So, and mind you, oh I, I want to like paint the picture of what this kid looks like. This kid has on sunglasses I, over his head, and it's Bama I mean, bangs. obviously it's October, and it's you know it's kind of cold outside have, to be wearing something. Bama bangs on and like a sweater vest. No, he doesn't. Well, it's close, yeah, close enough. Brody but, Croyle throwing shade. Yes. Um. So you guys, I don't know. I can't. I probably get the joke wrong, but the old joke about why Tennessee, why Tennessee wears orange. Oh my goodness! I had never heard the joke, but man, oh man. Well, I mean, <sighs> you know, you're 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 picking up trash on the side of the highway uh-huh. Monday through Saturday or Monday through Friday. You can wear it to the game on 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 Saturday, and then you can wear it hunting on Sunday. Uh-huh. You never have to change because <laughs> it's orange all seven days. <laughs> I'm telling you, though, I, I do want this to become a rivalry again. Like I, I want to see this game matter. I remember as a kid. I think I've even said this story on air. My dad's best friend was my sixth grade teacher. Mm-hmm. It's 1995. And he's a Penn State alum, and he uh-huh. knows me and my dad are Bama fans. So Bama got smoked by Tennessee, forty-one to fourteen. Peyton Manning had himself a day. Joey Kent, Marcus Nash, Peerless Price. I mean, everybody was catching touchdowns. I go into class Monday morning uh-huh. for Mr. Bonanno's social studies class. Mr. Bonanno, Mr. Bonanno, not Bruno Bonanno, uh-huh. different Bonanno. Italian guy. And he he's got the <laughs> right on his. Uh, this was back when they didn't even have whiteboards or chalkboards. He had the newspaper cutout uh-huh. of Peyton Manning. <laughs> conducting the band on oh, Rocky yeah. Top. Oh, yeah. uh, and I go home from school that day, and I said, Dad, you'd never believe what Mr. Bonanno had up on the board. And he goes, what? Peyton Manning cut out from the newspaper. My dad was so mad at his best friend, he called uh, him up. He goes, you leave my kid. You teach. You do what you're supposed to do, and that's teach my son. You, you know what you could do, though? Is you could look at him and say, was it 93 that Penn State went undefeated and got left out? Uh-huh. Didn't, didn't win the national was title? it 93 or 94? They went to the Rose Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. They played Oregon in the yep. Rose Bowl, and, and you, you could easily just 
you know, run your mouth about how Penn State mm-hmm. – like, what happened two years ago, dude? Oh, that's right, Florida State and Charlie Ward won the national title. No one's going to get that. But yeah. see, this but kid – you young fans, Tennessee, that Tennessee did used to beat Alabama. But see, yeah, they, in the 90s. They, they dominated in the 90s and yeah. early 2000s, and that was when Tennessee was good. Yep. See, this kid must have tried to go viral, and I mean, obviously he did because I'm planning on the show. But And Barstool Bama tweeted it out. But he stole this from another legend that talked about the Tennessee Volunteers. Probably, I want to say about almost a good 10 years ago, here's what he had to say about Tennessee. Man, I hate Tennessee because, first of all, it's Tennessee. And I, I, I just hate them because they, they, they low down, they dirty, they some snitches. And I hate Philophoma. I hate their colors. I'm not a dog person. I, I just hate Tennessee, man. Like, and I, I hate N- Nayland Stadium. It looks like a garbage truck worker convention. And <laughs> I hate all their quarterbacks. I, just, I hate Tennessee, man. <laughs> I love that. But hey, like Javier Arenas? Who was that? Is that? No, it wasn't Javier Arenas, man. Who Who was it? It was just some random was, guy that was getting interviewed by was, uh, the same was, same thing as this guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the gar- the garbage line about the picking up trash for Tennessee—that's not a new thing. That's like uh-huh. that's like fifty years old. No. So, man, why are everybody just piling on UT right about? It's, it's a cool thing to do. That's why I, I wear so. my Tennessee gear now more than ever. Yeah, I guess so. when they're getting beat. That's when you know the real fans. Uh-huh. When you see a team that's bad and people are still rocking the gear, that's when you know they're real fans. Or you're just real stupid. No. But you're a real fan? No, it means you're a real fan. Or you just didn't have anything. It's not your to, fault that your team sucks. You, or you didn't have anything to wear that day and you just, that was the clean well, thing it, in the closet. Listen, if you put on a bathing suit and an Alabama polo, <laughs> that may be true. But, <laughs> but uh, no, I respect people. Like, I respect people more for rocking their gear. Listen, th- this city did not have as many Alabama fans as it did 10 years ago. All right, this city was. I not think a, they did. City, no, they were all in hiding. They didn't wear yeah, their that's gear. What I'm they didn't put stickers on their car that's and wear their I'm hats saying, yes. and say "Roll Tide" on every single street in the, in the city. They didn't do any of that crap. But they Alabama were here. Any good? No, it, it's, ama- it's amazing how many Alabama fans came out of the, the woodwork as soon as Nick Saban won a title. Now nah, you see, ball fans are putting away their gear. Yeah, guess what? Now's the time you should be wearing the gear because then not. I know who the real ones are. They're not wearing it's garbage. You wear your gear when your team is bad and when they're good. Well, Those Vandy, are the real fans. So what's Vandy's issue? There's only 6,000 of them. They don't, there's, not, there's not enough. No, they, Tennessee lost to Georgia State, and I came in the next morning with a Tennessee polo on. I was like, what? Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. <laughs> you got to wear them. You got to wear your You must have got dressed in the dark, man. I, actually, I literally get dressed in the dark. Oh, that's what morning. I did with the bathing suit that <laughs> yeah. day. Every morning I get dressed in the dark. Well, that's kind of how Every they play, morning. too. So I put my, I put my clo- Right there in the dark. <laughs> I'm like a fifth grader, also like Tennessee football. Uh-huh. I, put my, I put my clothes in a little pile the night uh-huh. before. I got my lunch packed the night before. Tennessee need to put their game in a pile. Maybe tomorrow night for the, uh, the third Saturday in October, I will go live on Periscope. Please do. After consuming Tito's. Yes. Oh, please. During do. Bama, Tennessee. How many yes. Tito's? In the bathing suit. Yes. Topless. Do it, and I'll give, yes, and I will give instant in-game analysis. Will you wear your? Uh, will you wear your like athletic sandals? Yes, my Under Armour slides, <laughs> the ones I wear into the sauna with, with old men with your bathing suit and exactly. no shirt. By the way, very awkward sauna moment yesterday. You guys want to hear that story? Oh, yes. Please tell us. We'll get I to that. love a good awkward sauna story. All right. We got a lot to do in the final hour. We'll get back to Rashard Matthews' pretty hot comments yesterday on Marcus Mariota and then the sauna story. Stay there. It's Morning Drive. We're back after this.